Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM. A podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Welcome to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we have a very interesting perspective. We're talking to somebody who was targeted uh, and was lucky enough to see the signs and not sign on that dotted line. But we're going to talk to you today about different red flags to look for, just, just different things to keep your eyes open about and make sure that you don't get you know, stuck in one of these scams. So I'm going to introduce Tallulah. Hey, Tallulah. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and yeah. um, talk to us about uh, where you were in your life when this MLM came and uh, okay. targeted you? So I was in kind of a transitional period um, for since I finished grad school around 2006, 2007, I had actually pursued off and on a career as a teacher of English as a foreign language in different countries. So I had done contracts in other countries, uh, North Africa, Middle East, Latin America, and, um, you know, kind of every time I finished a contract kind of question, oh, do I want to come back to the States and like kind of pursue something there um, and then do something else later. And the, the longest contract I had was four years. I was in Saudi Arabia. I was teaching at a university and I came back and decided, you know, I've been away from my family, my friends, my best friend had just adopted children. And so I wanted to kind of maybe see at least for, you know, settle down some, maybe buy a house. And then if I wanted to in the future, sublet the house, if I wanted to do another contract abroad. Um, but that was really, I, I wanted to be in education, in international studies, in training and development, something like that. So I was looking to kind of integrate back into getting a career, like a career, not an MLM, right? <laughs> a career <laughs> in uh, the Bay Area, California. And so um, I was having kind of trouble because a lot of, you know, really good jobs are through networking or through you, you start with a company and you move up. So if you're away for four years and you don't have a lot of connections and you're all of a sudden looking to transfer your experience and skills and get one of those jobs, it's a little difficult. My mom's friend who had worked for the government of the city that I, I was born in, that I was from, um, suggested that I try this organization that I had no idea that this kind of place even existed. It's a government funded uh, job like development center. So it's not unemployment. It's a place where you can go and take courses on how to build your resume, how to practice for interviews, how to use LinkedIn, how to network, how to have you know a good business card, how to uh, dress professionally, like a lot of different uh, kinds of things like that. And then within that group, there was a, a volunteer-based organization that was just for experienced professionals that were looking to get into back into like the full workforce. Maybe they were taking a survival job or maybe they were just on severance for a while, but they were out of work for the moment. And it's a lot of tech people, you know, and maybe some uh, people in other kinds of industries, but uh, I was actually one of the youngest ones there. I was in my mid thirties at the time. Um, so basically it was, it was like a networking group and it was for experienced professionals to give each other feedback and also to 
um, you know, part of networking, they say that like your strongest connection is going to be the one that has the least in common with you. So if I'm not a software developer, but you know, as far, far as being like in training and development or diversity or something that could exploit my international experience, like maybe there's somebody who, um, is it who has an interview for software development and then they say oh they're actually looking for somebody else for training and development i'm not qualified but maybe this you know so it, it's basically for people to to do that so the fact that the the pitch for an mlm came from that kind of a group was that much more sleazy and underhanded and you know i clearly if i i knew what an mlm was if i wanted to do amway or Mary Kate, like, then I would have gone to that. But to have somebody approach me and say, I think that you'd be really great for this opportunity with your personality and with your education and background, that was like even more of a, you know, of a sting because you're, you don't want to waste your time when you're in that position, right? You, you're looking for something specific. You're looking for something within the professional world. And so, um, I had actually left the organization for about a month by the time I got the contact from this person. I had talked to them a, a, a few times, uh, nothing major, you know, when you're doing your workshops and, and uh, networking meetings and mingling and stuff, like you talk to a bunch of different people. I had actually left and I had gotten, you know, what was a survival job and hopefully led up to, would lead up to like a management position. Um, so he contacted me and I think he specifically targeted people who had already left so that he could pretend that he found a job and then was like, oh, hey, at my new job, I have an opportunity for you because he said he was working for Transamerica and that Transamerica had some opportunities. And he said, with your personality and with your background, I think you would be perfect for some of these opportunities. And I said, oh, that's awesome. He said that there have, I don't remember what he called it exactly, but maybe like a hiring event or like informational, inter he was exploiting some of these terms that we were using in the professional, you know, development world. And this was my first red flag I should have paid attention to, but I, he said, uh, make sure you dress professionally to show up. And I said, um, oh, great. Should I bring my resume? And so at first he was all, no, that's not important. And then I think he caught himself because he remembered where he met me and he was like, oh yeah, you should bring your resume <laughs> because they tell you to always you know, bring a copy of your resume. And then, so that, that should have been at least a first clue. I'm like, why did he hesitate? You know, why, why would I not, if there's something that he has me in mind and that it's going to be like a hiring event or a job fair or an informational interview or something, then of course, like, why would there even be a question that, you know, I should do that. So um, he tells me to show up at this time and he said that there's meetings on Wednesday evenings or Saturday mornings. And uh, so the time that I have free is a Saturday morning. So at this time, I'm a complete coffee addict, but I'm assuming Saturday morning at 10, if there's an event, maybe there's going to be like bagels or donuts and coffee or something, whatever. Nope, nothing. And I realized later it's because they want you to be hungry and tired and caffeine withdrawal by the time that they pitch you and get you to sign up and pay that $99 for the background check and then try to get you to, you know, put names of three different family members. I, I caught it afterwards. Like, you know, the hindsight is 2020. <laughs> I caught it afterwards. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's incredible. That's a really good point that you bring up. Uh, something that I've mentioned before and I talk about before that multi-level marketing companies aren't businesses right? and to appear legitimate, they like to use these business terms. Yes. Like you were saying that a lot of this stuff was sort of kind of a red flag, but it seemed legitimate enough that it was still flying under that radar. And I didn't know that it was a red flag because I wasn't familiar. Like if I, if I got pitched again, I would have noticed this from the get-go. I said, oh, this leads to this leads to this. But I didn't catch it at first because, again, I was I was looking for transferring my skills. I was looking to get into different industries. I thought, you know, and again, like some of these like later buzzwords that happened at the meeting, I didn't know they were MLM buzzwords. Like I thought maybe this was the financial industry because he said, because, you know, I looked up. So as soon as he said it was Transamerica, I immediately I knew from, you know, this job search training, I, I looked up Transamerica and I looked up.
any of the positions that I might have been something that had made him suggest me, right? Diversity and inclusion, training and development, any of that. They didn't have any openings, <laughs> no openings. But even then I thought, oh, maybe this is one of those like inside hires where before they open it up to everybody, they look to see who's working for them already. And then those, um, their connections. So I thought, yeah, sometimes that happens, right? Like they, they have to prove that they've tried to find somebody within or within contacts. And if they can't prove that they've found somebody with it, then they open it to the world and they put it on the internet for everybody to, to apply to. But so I, I still, um, you know, gave it the benefit of the doubt. So I go through the whole, there's tons of people. They go through a little hallway before you get into the main place. It's like a, a rented, it looked like a rented like office space, but they, they take us through this little hallway and then they give us name tags. And then the name tag has your name and then the person who invited you. And they had different colors for, <laughs> I guess the different levels of the kind of person that invited you, right? And um, and I think that this actually alerted the higher ups into how much they should talk to you because I was getting a lot more attention than people with different colored name tags. I mean, looking at this background, it's just like, it's so many little tactics that I'm recognizing, you know? That's an excellent point that like, <laughs> as you're saying this, the wheels in my head were going click, 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 oh my God. 100%. Like there's yeah. no other reason for the separate but equal in MLM other than to, di- yeah. Yeah, like to differentiate you. <laughs> right. And why does it matter who invited me? I mean, that person yeah. knows that I'm there, right? <laughs> right. They know who I am. Why, does other, yeah. why do other people need to know? Why do I have to have a little color? <laughs> right. So, so you get this pitch and, mm-hmm. you know, the guy says it's it's uh you know Trans America. It's totally yeah, Trans America. Company. That beautiful Don't even worry old about it. San Francisco. You know, yeah, like, you know that a, a recognized name. Super famous. Yeah. Super, super well known. Well known. Uh, if you're in the finance industry and somebody says, "Oh yeah, we work with Trans America," like oh. there's nobody that's going to be like, "That's a scam." That? Yeah. Unless oh, they know exactly that Trans America also has this MLM affiliation with World Financial Group. Well, that's the point. It's <laughs> like, well, once I found out it was called World Financial Group, then I wanted to find out more. After the whole meeting, then I looked it up. And then as soon as it, as the Google search says is a multi-level, then I like start, you know, the cartoon with the steam coming out the ears. I was like, are you kidding me that this guy did this to me? Like that I was at this place. Like if I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to uh, an informational interview or a hiring event, like that's, and you already have a job and you're trying to work up and you're open to other stuff. Like your time is valuable. Your energy is valuable. Your bandwidth for this kind of thing, because people will waste your time, even if it's a legitimate opportunity, you know, like trying to find a, a decent job that you can live on in single income in this area. And like that, the fact that somebody would, for their own purposes, exploit somebody else looking in that position and, and make it look like it was legitimate was even that much more angering to me, you know? So, um, and it also made me think you knew that otherwise why wouldn't you have said it was world financial group to begin with you said it was transamerica yeah transamerica def, you know technically owns them but it 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 it's not you know if you work for transamerica for those positions that i saw were already filled on the website you get a salary it's a job you do the job you know you're it's not about recruiting other people it's not about your downline your upline you know all these things so, um, yeah, so that, that was, you know, part of the aftermath, but so we, so once we're in there, we get that, we get our little name tags and then we go to a main hallway where everybody's standing. And then this woman goes up to a podium and then she's just starts shouting out of context, inspirational and, you know, how in, important money is and how everybody has the power to be successful, you know, like real general kind of things. I'm like, all right. Um, Still, I, I, because I'm not familiar with this, I don't have any, like, this is an MLM recruiting. They have a bunch of pictures of people on the walls with their portraits, and they have the different 500 club, million club, or whatever, and then they have the power couples, and I'm like, huh. Oh, and then somebody mentioned that, um, you know, he's a man of God, 
which I thought that was a, and, and I know later because of the research that I started doing that the a lot of especially the the Mormon connection and stuff is uh, that's a big thing. And I've always been very wary of that because I know from working in different public sectors and even in the private um, that you you don't have religion be part of the thing unless religion is part of the thing right if you're working for a religious school yeah all bets are off you're gonna say you know i'm a man of god and this is why this is important or a church or something but everything else the only other time i've seen that is with mlms that people try to link some kind of spiritual belief but i thought okay well maybe they're making letting this guy go off on his (laughs) thing but I don't know. Well, maybe. you know, a lot of the a lot of the religious stuff um, are just really dog whistles for people sitting yes. in that audience. You know, the platitude and his buzzwords, the dog whistles, right. saying things that are like just enough to get somebody's attention. Right. Um, and yeah, it's it's really interesting. And I know, well, because the city I live in is about 50% Hispanic. And I know that a lot of MLMs seeing that the I watched the whole herbal life. This, like, I did a whole deep dive into, you know, MLM's pyramid scheme after this because I was really interested in the psychology and <laughs> all of, like, you know, what would have happened if I had been part of it. Um, I know that, you know, especially with the herbal life um, precedent that was set, that they really try to, and, you know, especially immigrants, people that are not as savvy into what these kinds of things are and trying to promise some of these things that they, um, that are part of, you know, the American dream. You've talked about that on your, uh, <laughs> previously that I've, I've heard a lot about that, about this, um, this, uh, pr- you know, uh, exploiting people's belief and faith in that kind of thing. So we go, so after we're in that main thing and I'm like, okay, well, what's next? And then, um, then we're put into like a smaller little room with no windows and these chairs that are all set up like real close to each other. And they say, try to get a seat in the front. And of course, like my, my, like, you know, overachiever brain is like, yes. Okay. Well, you know, if this is going to help me get a job or whatever, like, I'll get... so I go and sit in the front and, <laughs> and of course, then they have people at the doors. So I think they try to get the smartest people or the most, um, uh, motivated or the most desperate for work sit at the front because they know it's going to be hardest for you to leave because you have to try to get up and, le- and make a scene as you're leaving, you know, because they have people at these doors and I'm pretty sure the doors were locked. And <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was strange. It was like, we were like, you know, there was like the, the, the guard at the doors. So I was, we, but you know, I, I always was within the mindset of like, I, I, if I go through the whole thing, then people will not question my critiques as much as if I leave halfway or a quarter through, because then they can always use the excuse that, well, you don't really have the fair uh, perspective because you didn't complete the whole thing. So I'm like, okay, better safe than, you know, show that I gave the full, you know, I, I gave you guys the full chance to, to, um, benefit of the doubt and everything so we the first pitch guy that comes in super slick you know has he even has like um he has he's got the gold watch the suit the the um manscaped eyebrows you know like he's (laughs) like the super slick kind of guy and he's talking about the first thing they bring up is why they are legitimate and why they can justify that they're saying that people can make this certain amount of money. They said, look, if we said that this was possible and it wasn't, we would get sued because look at who owns us, Transamerican, all these Aegean and whatever, Aegon, whatever, and these international, this Dutch company, which I, I don't remember what, maybe that was Aegon or something like that. He said, these companies are affiliated with us. If you couldn't make this much within the first year or two, then we wouldn't be able to legally say this. And I'm like, okay, what other legitimate job do you go in? And the first thing they do when you sit in an interview is, hey, if we weren't going to pay you, then we'd be sued. Okay, we're going to pay you your first check if you if you get hired here. Right? Like if they start as so defensive, 
You know, I say that I tell people, I'm like, there's only one industry that trains you on what to say when someone asks you if it's a pyramid scheme, there's only one industry that trains their, their reps (laughs) and their pyramid schemes. (laughs) I don't need to. Right. And so that was the first thing. And they were saying like how legit they were and how, um, you know, they give choice to people. They say, look, we don't say that you need to take our products. We give a choice. And and then I found out it was, you know, life insurance, like financial advice, this kind of stuff. And I, and then it kind of brought me back to like giving that benefit of the doubt again. I was like, oh, so this is actually something people do like, and yeah, with my, I was trying to link, like maybe with my experience with working with people, with working with students, with working with different languages, like maybe they wanted me for outreach or for, um, I was, I was still trying to, I didn't immediately come with a a completely negative perspective and assuming that I was being ripped off or, you know, exploited or anything. So I was, I was still trying to make these, these connections. And so I, I kept sitting in that chair (laughs) with the locked door to my left. And then, so that was the first one was arguing that they were legitimate and then saying what they were supposed to be doing. The next guy came in and it was all the pathos. It was all the um, the guilting and the, he was the first one to say, well, you don't want a J-O-B. You know, this whole thing they do where it's like, oh, it's a dirty word. We have to spell it out. You know, it's like, and then they start making stuff up about what a nine to five is. He's all, how dehumanizing is it to have to ask your supervisor if you can go to the bathroom? When you have your own business and you're working for yourself, you don't have to ask to go to the bathroom. I'm like, what? now you're making stuff up. Like I've never had a, a job either salaried or hourly where I had to ask to go to the bathroom. So if you're if you're creating this scenario of this environment, this is like not even true to get us to try to join this, then it does it shows that you're not that you don't have much else to to stand on, right? And then he starts going on about how. Uh, he was working at this nine to five and he got a call from the school that his son was sick. I guess his wife was out of town or something. And his boss said, no, if you leave today, you don't have a job tomorrow. And he said, I looked into his eyes and I said, you don't understand. My son is sick. I have to go. I, he's all, if you're working for yourself, you don't have to deal with that kind of thing. And again, I was like, wait a minute. Like I know tons of regular jobs that you're allowed to take sick days. I know a lot of people who have children that they're allowed to leave. Maybe they forfeit a couple hours pay or something, but I the, the fact that it was like, well, you either are in an MLM and that's the only thing that you can do to be able to pick up your sick kid or or any other job in the world. <laughs> it was just it's the asking to go to the bathroom and those kinds of things as as these examples was it was such a um like a straw man fallacy you know it's it it wasn't true that and i know that certain jobs allow you a little bit more freedom as far as taking sick days and like leaving at a moment's notice but it wasn't the difference between any other kind of job and an mlm like they were creating this false dichotomy Absolutely. And it's like, if you work somewhere where you have to like, may I please use the restroom or please, but my children, <laughs> then you should probably find another job because that place right. sucks toxic. Well, that, that was the, yeah, that was the, like creating the idea that this was normal. And then the next thing they did was, was bring in the other guy again and have him tell this sob story about how, um, well, first he started off with a lot of people say that I don't need to be rich. I just need to take care of myself and um, have a little bit of extra money to have some fun and maybe have a basic retirement. And then he pauses. He's all, that is the most selfish thing in the world that you could possibly say. (laughs) So my nephew had a kidney disorder and he had to have this surgery. And I was the only one in the family that was able to pay for that and make sure that he was alive. I held my nephew in my arms after the surgery and he said, thank you so much for saving my life. It was like trying to tug on the heartstrings of this. And I was sitting there thinking, this is not the question of whether or not I should join an MLM. This is a question of, we need an overhaul of the health insurance coverage issue in this country. This is not the answer that we should just live with this and then oh the answer is you find 
a, a job like and they're again you're creating this false dichotomy that there's no jobs in the world that will you know provide a, a decent wage and health insurance <laughs> and that the, so i i mean just the logic i mean i used to teach like you know debates for high school and, and university students and i'm just like looking at a logical fallacy here 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 whatever i still wasn't completely off board with saying that i wasn't going to be part of it because i wanted more information but at least i was like well these are some faulty arguments for doing something mlms like to prey upon the naivete of people yes um, and just like not having a lot of life experience or not having mm-hmm. a lot of job experience and coming in and you having a lot of job experience seeing like this is not the way which is why goes. I was so <laughs> I was so like why did you think like how far were you expecting me to go Mr. Recruiter person that you knew that this wasn't the kind of thing that I was looking for it wasn't going to provide the kind of thing that I was there for and I could also, I had job experience where I knew that people didn't have to ask permission to go to the bathroom, that people could take sick days, that people could get, you know, coverage for health insurance that was reasonable, that people had the ability to have a nest egg to help family members if they wanted to. Like, how was he at least hoping that I would sign up for the the $99 background check at the very first day or that he would get a, a you know me at least to rope in they they talk about the this is another thing that I didn't know to begin with the 3330 that you have to sit in on three meetings recruit three people within the first 30 days of joining and like that was another thing like when I was working for a university I didn't have to recruit three new teachers within the first 30 days to keep my job <laughs> you know like you go you go in you do your job, you get paid. That's and then HR is worried about hiring new people when they need them. <laughs> you know, it's not up to me. It's not up to all my colleagues. Um, yeah, that was another thing about the the hiring thing and about um, what they they were that it showed that they were really focusing on that kind of thing. It's like, well, I and and they said. Um, if, if people, if people, oh, this is another defensive thing that they started out. People might say that, oh, they didn't make any money here, but, you know, there might be four of you that signed up for the gym, but only one of you is getting fit because only one of you is doing the work that you need to do. You have to hustle. You have to do, do, do. and again, within a regular job, like nobody has to hustle harder than anybody. Like you do the duties that you go into the job to do, and then everybody gets the pay, this paid the same. As long as you're not completely incompetent, you don't show up, you might get fired. But other than that, like you, it's not that I have to out hustle everybody else in order to get the base pay that I was signed up for month to month. <laughs> yeah, they they really prey upon like the fear of people, like the fear of missing out on things, the fear of being left behind, the fear of not um, you know, getting to be a part of this opportunity as well. And then, uh, you know, again, like I said, the naivete and like, and and not understanding the way that certain things work, the way that businesses run. And these are all red flags as someone that knows how that runs and how it works, seeing these things, um, what were some other red and I know that you know that they're red flags now but at the time maybe they weren't red flags to you but looking back on it now what are some other red flags in that meeting that you experienced that maybe somebody listening will hear and then know for the future if they find themselves in the situation sure like maybe the the jargon like the upline and downline like I didn't know that jargon until afterwards when I started doing all this you know psychological you know, history of cults and the the way that they work and what the jargon is of MLMs. Um, it, as soon as I, if in the future, if I ever go to another meeting and I hear, you got to keep working on your downline, you got to keep working, you got to work hard, you know, that kind of stuff. That was a huge red flag. The defensiveness, the, the before you even tell me what the job is, arguing that it's legitimate. Before even saying what your role is, not even saying really what your role is. 
Like I still was not even clear on what the role is until I, I thought that was going to come after the first meeting because, okay, full disclosure, after being, I was a huge caffeine addict at the time, two and a half years clean and sober caffeine right now, but um, I, and I was hungry. <laughs> and at the end of the two hours, I was like, okay, I, I was a little bit foggy and everything. And I was still giving the benefit of the doubt of this because I trusted the person and there was enough in, um, what they had started to say. And also I trusted Transamerica. You know, they had the they had the picture of the building there. I'm from the Bay Area. I've driven by that building several times. I know the history, it's very old. It's, you know, I think they had person, you know, on purpose exploited that um, reputation and the history and stuff and said, well, we're definitely going to try to be affiliated with something so that we could uh, and and lying about the affiliation about what it was um so i did sign up for the um background check so then when i um so another thing also is what and this is what i read later if you want to if they ask to put any money up front tell them please take it out of my first paycheck because that will put them into a corner because you are not supposed to put any money up front for a job. And I've looked at different jobs where I've recognized that, like part teaching English and stuff, any of these things where they say like, oh, pay us a thousand dollars and we'll find you the job, you know, abroad or whatever. Nope, you apply to the job, you get the job, they hire you, they pay you once you're there, right? You should never pay up front for any um, expenses. When I worked in um, the public high school system in private high schools and stuff they pay for your uh fingerprints they pay for the background check right so or so you either pay for it and then they reimburse you or you can tell them take it out of my first paycheck once i'm you know hired so if if they ask you for any upfront money before you have actually put any hours into it that is a red flag if if and they they make it i don't even know if it was a background check honestly they that's what they do to legitimize because at least that that upline got that money out of me that day and he was hoping to get more because then there was the training packages and then the the first like you're supposed to buy the product so you know the product so that you can sell the product properly right so it really did like as after i looked into it because as soon as i got home i had actually set up a date to meet my the guy that recruited me his upline the guy that recruited him he was they tried to legitimate that legitimize that as well by saying like oh he's gonna he's gonna be the one to train you the one that trained me right so i had a meeting with him in like three days this was a saturday and i think i had a meeting monday or tuesday evening as soon as i got home i was like well let's look into this simple google search uh world financial group is a multi-level marketing oh immediately yes Again, as I said, the cartoon, like red face and steam out of the ears. I was like, oh, no, you did not. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a Cotton Modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect, effortless outfit. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly, nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to, that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well, sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but they're still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls. And then I started looking at the Better Business Bureau. Over and over again, the complaints were, I did not know this was a pyramid scheme. You took my $99. I want it back. Please, like, re- uh, refund me for this. I was not, it was not clear about this. I was told I was going to get a job from Transamerica. <laughs> like, everybody said the same thing about that. And then once I started looking at more, like, I, MLM and everything, immediately I sent a... Um, a text to the guy that I was going to have a meeting with. I said, well, I'm going to remain a a courteous, sane, decent person. And I'm just going to let him know as soon as possible so he can open his time to do something else. Um, I said, I am not going to, I'm actually not interested in this opportunity. Thank you. Please cancel my Monday evening meeting. Right. I get a phone call back, not even text back Hi, I'm interested in why you came to this decision and I would like to talk to you about it. And even if you're not interested in this, I have some other opportunities that may. And so first off, um, as I, this is the first time I heard it uh, articulated so well on your podcast, actually. No is a complete sentence. I do not owe you an explanation of why I don't want to be a part of this. I don't need to tell you. And what, you have other uh, opportunities. What other MLMs? You think, oh, she doesn't like financial services. So maybe she likes makeup or, you know, fitness. (laughs) Like, no, I don't, I'm not interested. So I don't hear anything back from him. But the original guy that recruited me, he calls me and says, oh, I heard that you told, you know, so-and-so that, I wasn't, in, you weren't interested and I want to know how you came to this decision and I want to talk to you about it. Maybe I can take you out for lunch and we can talk again. I don't owe you anything like you, you decline an opportunity. That's it. I, again, I've never had another job where you go into an interview, they ask you that that's it. You know, they're, they're looking for somebody else because they know that they are the one that, that if you don't find it beneficial, then that's it. 
right? Obviously, the fact that they were trying to, to pursue it more meant that it was more beneficial for them than for me to keep pursuing it, right? So Absolutely. I ignore it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like, isn't that a red flag too? I mean, of course, the, the flags have already shown themselves to oh, me. Yeah. But... <laughs> For sure. But I mean, like, even if you like go to Starbucks, right, and you decide to get a job and you have an application and you fill out the Starbucks application and you go to the interview and you realize, look, I, I don't really want to make coffee and I don't want to get up that early. And you decline the opportunity if it's presented to you. Starbucks doesn't then like follow they you around you and ask you, no, they but why? You. <laughs> but why don't you want to work? Why? There? Exactly. That's a massive yeah, red can flag. I, can I take you out to lunch? And so, so I ghost him. I leave him alone. He calls back again in another two weeks and says the same thing. I ghost him. At this point, I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm setting a social experiment to see like how long this is going to last. Because now that I know a little bit more about the psychology of MLMs, I'm like, this is kind of interesting to me. And I've already given my answer. So it's not like I'm, uh, I'm being evasive or something. I've just said no. I, so it's it's not like I, he's questioning whether or not the emails or the texts are going through or if there's a miscommunication. I've said no, I'm not interested. He sends me a little e-card for Thanksgiving. I ignore it again. Two weeks later, I get one of the most aggressive, scary voice messages, voicemails that I've ever had. He He's this like six something man. I'm this little five two, a lot smaller since COVID, but I was a small little thing. <laughs> like, girl, right? And he's yelling, Tallulah, tell me, why are you not talking to me? I need to know where you are. You have to go, like, just yelling, like, really aggressive and, like, so angry. And I was like, okay, at this point, it's not a fun little, like, this went on for a long time. Yeah, it was, like, this barking at me. And I was like, I have I have never received that kind of treatment, I don't think for, especially not somebody that I, I knew that little, right? It was so incredibly aggressive. So I I set up my uh, my LinkedIn, my email, everything. I, I blocked on all of those. And then the last one I remained for the text. And I said, I'm not interested in joining your pyramid scheme. Please leave me alone. Goodbye. And then I sent it, make sure it was delivered. And then I blocked it there so that I had no no possible way that he could contact me again because that just freaked the hell out of me right and then i contacted the um coordinator of the employment development center that i was at and i said you know i know you have a great reputation and you do such great work for people that i wanted to let you know that this person is there not because he's genuinely looking for a job and looking to get um, feedback to to find a, a good job, but he's trying to recruit people for this pyramid. What basically? Uh, I mean, it it's a pyramid scheme, right? Okay, we absolutely, can it's a pyramid between scheme. the MLM because they actually have a product. But if the point is that oh, always got to work on your downline, and that the fact that he was so angry that he had partially roped me in, but then didn't get me to to complete the whole thing. And I mean, it's just it, when somebody is actively looking for that kind of thing it is that much more sleazy and underhanded to present something and say oh i specifically had you in mind because of what i knew about your background and experience and do that you know switcheroo that pull the rug under it's just it's unethical it's it's mean-spirited um I mean, I, and looking back, of course, I know all the, I, I'm so well-versed in it now. I watched, you know, Becoming a God in Southern Florida. I watched the Herbalife documentary. I watched your documentary. I've listened to all your podcasts. I've looked into the the link between cults and stuff. I've seen some of these um, YouTube things of going, it's hilarious. There's a great one, Going Undercover in World Financial Group, where he keeps his phone on the video and <laughs> and uh, tries to talk about the, and then people, you know, backtrack and and say different things when they're trying and um so I, of course knowing now it's it just makes me even more upset that somebody would um would really try to exploit that people were desperate in looking for decent paying work and waste their time and try to try to do that kind of thing um obviously if i was looking to you know, shift to the corporate world and look into, 
you know, transferring my skills to some other kind of job. I was not interested in alienating my friends and family and then just calling strangers on the phone. I mean, if I get a, a, a telemarketer call me, I just hang up immediately. If I see spam risk, a, a thing I don't know, I answer and I click, I, I stop, you know, I, I, I don't want to be that kind of person. <laughs> and so, you know, all this like, and these, these terms of the downline and upline, like at first I thought maybe it was a financial, um, financial services jargon. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, that's another thing. Like you're, you are not in the financial services. So you come right. here and they're saying these things and you're like, maybe upline and downline. So I got it, yeah, maybe that's things. what some, yeah. Well, and then another thing too, is like, I know also from what it takes to have those kinds of jobs where they were claiming that you can have that kind of salary within this amount of years. I was like, well, I know people who went to school for finance and economics and stuff. Like why, why would you get a degree or a master's if you could just buy a $500 course that is open to anybody that doesn't even need to bring their resume in to this like large cattle call? It was like a cattle call for, for casting, you know, for like a, <laughs> for extras for a movie or something. Like if there's no, um, once I realized that it wasn't really that he thought I was, um, I was uniquely qualified for some position with this, that he had, He's all, oh, this is my, you know, my nephew. Um, he's also here for this as well. And the nephew kind of like looked young and I don't know, it's hard to judge people, but he didn't look like he was very engaged with I mean, what was going on. I was like, so you just need warm bodies in here, basically. Yes, exactly. Like just, really the only requirements for joining one of these companies is uh, a social security right. number, a credit card that works. <laughs> and Take a the heartbeat. Like, yes, really. Right. So I, I'm like, wait a minute. If I'm, why would I have joined this this group that was helping me work on exactly how I'm wording my resume, on how to network, on how to make a good. If if I wanted to be part of something that, yeah, you needed a heartbeat, a social security card, and a credit card number. <laughs> the only requirements, really. I yeah. mean, I don't have to have any financial. Well, they'll teach you that. And, and it's not about the business anyway, oh, yeah, it's about yeah. the opportunity. And the finding your why. I remembered that uh, that was one that you talked about before. And that, that struck a chord too. I was like, you know what I do actually remember about, like, that's why they brought in all this pathos uh, stuff in the meetings. Because, and like you said, no, I, I don't, if I'm looking for a service, I don't care about why the person's there. I just want the service, right? So why why are you pushing that? I need to give the, that. That's why they were giving the sob story about the kidneys, about the you know, the uh, I I couldn't uh, afford the guy. The other one talked about his wife carrying twins, and she was so small framed, and it was a surprise pregnancy, and it turned out it was twins, and they needed more money, and the World Financial Group really is the one that was able to like. Again, I think we just need a better healthcare, childcare system to support our people in this country. It's not a question of, well, let's keep the system as it is, but you be one of the few that can exploit other people, make tons of money, and then you can solve this problem on your own. And yeah, join our MLM. <laughs> yeah, like, I talked to you know, my friend Savvy on the episode that we did. Uh, and, and we talk about that very briefly. I might need to have her come on and we can talk more about the socioeconomic issues that we have that allow MLMs to look like a good idea. Um, but yeah, you know, people are struggling in these MLMs. They come in promising all of these things that aren't actually true. Right. And even if they were, is that the answer to these larger issues within our society? Like just no, I don't exploiting think so. that, right? Just exploiting those uh, fears of people and those actual, like you know, I've had health insurance issues with you know a very high premium and all that kind of stuff, which led me to think like we need a better system. But I didn't think, oh, I need to do something for myself that's only going to benefit me. 
and it can't be a job obviously i mean <laughs> this whole, like and th th that's another thing too about like shitting on other people's choices in what kind of job they want like i do love having a salaried position i've had jobs that i've absolutely loved that paid decently and I would have never been in that position and gone to somebody who had their own business and say, oh, you don't have a salary. Why don't you have, you know, like, like, you know, it's it just <laughs> being part of that. I don't have to recruit somebody else. I could be like, oh, that's great. This works for you. This is wonderful. I'm glad you're successful in this. And we don't even have to talk about work most of the time. You know, we're just I don't have to have part of my personality and part of my job is trying to you know, demean other people's way of getting money and saying that it's it's not that good and how how oh all these things that you don't have and you know that that you have to do like that 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 other like really defensive looking thing it's like well why do you have to be defensive if you're not you know obviously you must be getting a lot of pushback or you must be getting people criticizing you for these things. Otherwise why are you pushing this kind of a narrative of that it's you know, <laughs> that you have to argue again, you have to defend yourself. Absolutely. And I get <laughs> comments like that from people uh, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook. Anytime somebody comes at me when I'm spitting facts and just sharing factual information, like breaking down an income disclosure or something, there's always somebody that pops on there that goes like, why do you care? Or like, well, this business, you know, is supporting my family. And it's just like, stop defend like stop yeah. defending this stop defending it you look at the comments 99 of the comments are people going this is a scam and then there's that one person in there yeah that like, one is like oh you don't understand or like i i see a lot of the world financial group ones it's like well it just depends how hard you work the people who are not making the money are not working as hard and again there's a certain baseline of when you have a regular job that you show up and you do the job you don't it's not that you have to it's not this you know dog eat dog thing of like you have to work so much harder to do it if you don't work a certain amount then yeah you're going to get fired again but we're not talking about that we're talking about you show up you do the job that you're agreed to do that both of you have agreed to do if if you want to do extra stuff and you're working for a promotion fine go for it but it, it doesn't mean that the only only the people that are working so much putting so many more hours are going to be earning that much more money. It's like you you have the agreement that this is the the labor you're providing and this is the money that they're providing for that labor. Absolutely. I like to I always love to hear like the argument of like, well, it's capitalist MLMs. That's how capitalism works. And I was like, yes and no, like capitalism <laughs> is not this weird dog eat dog where you're like, you know, like, like some sort of cartoon. You're like, I'm going to get in there today and I'm going to do more sales than anybody. And I'm going to be the <laughs> winner of the day. And it's like, that's just not how it works. Right, yeah. Like I know if my students learned more words that day than they did yesterday, I didn't get more money <laughs> for doing that job. Right. And the days that I just needed to watch a movie, <laughs> I didn't get less money <laughs> for teaching, you know, yeah. as long as you're doing the base of what they're asking for and you're hitting those, you know, you're, you're hitting whatever the goals are for the semester, for the, the month or whatever, like you're, you're good. That's, that's what you're, you're expected to do. And they have that funding in there and everything. But also I, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have to recruit new teachers. That wasn't part of my job either. And that, yeah. that's not even a sustainable model because at, at a certain point you, you need students too, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't just like keep recruiting teachers and <laughs> like the school teachers. has like 85 <laughs> teachers and like eight students because <laughs> it's just, it's unsustainable. It just recruiting forever is unsustainable. Right, I know. That, 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 like how, Ridiculous. how it's like 15 um lines or something before you run out of people yeah. on earth yeah. or like yeah. before you exceed the population and right. again this we is like babies <laughs> like the elderly people in third world right. countries that don't even know what mlm is like all of those people also and have, don't have money for it as well. people are living on a dollar a day how is having them be a, a realistic source of that 99 dollars sign up for the background check and what does the background check mean if you live in you know, Thailand or Ethiopia or something like, what, how is that relevant to the U S like what, <laughs> what is this? It's all, it's all like, it's just all 
legitimizing bullshit. Yes. All of it. All of it is just to make it look real. So that yeah. anybody has any questions at all, they can be like, but we're real because look, we had this. Because of this. And this the part, the background check. Right. A place that wasn't real would be doing background <laughs> checks, would it? And what's so interesting is that when people do come up with something that they haven't heard before, then they don't have an answer because the answer isn't already in there because they have so much experience of being called out in certain things because they've been, you know, operating for whatever 20 some odd years or whatever, or been talking to other people in other MLMs that have been operating. So they have some kind of a slick answer. Again, this, well, only one of you, you know, you all four have, uh, memberships to the gym, but only one of you's in shape, right? Like that's, that's a slick answer. It's like, oh yeah, of course. Right. So, but if you post something else, like maybe they won't have a pre-manufactured answer because they haven't practiced, you know, they haven't sent it to their upline and said, well, what, how do we answer this thing? You know, um, like the, I I'd, I'd love to see, I, I would actually, I I'm actively trying to get invited to, and especially now that things are opening up, if we can get to one of those other cattle call things. I would love to, Go back and ask some these questions like outright to them within the thing had i been savvy enough to do it to begin with i would have um but is when it gets back to it be like okay well take it out of my first paycheck i know that's how jobs work wow that'd be really interesting no, i mean like that that's one thing that i don't think that they could argue because part of what they are at least I mean, obviously they, they are counting on, if you do that, then that you're good for the next $500 and the next thousand dollars of signing up for the training, which again, if you can get a degree in this, then how much is a, a little, you know, a couple weeks, whatever training for, for selling these things and then buying the product yourself. So you know what it is. You can't sell what you don't know. Would you sell a McDonald's hamburger if you hadn't already had a hamburger? You know, if you haven't tasted it, like, how can you, <laughs> like, um, that's why he was so persistent in following me because he thought that if you hook the, if you're gullible enough to do the first thing, then you don't let that go. I'm sure there's probably, I don't know. I can't say this for certain, but I'm sure there's probably, I don't know if maybe there's a reward for sustaining somebody beyond the first day of the um, background check, or if there's a penalty for if somebody drops after that, because of the, the, the aggressive pursuant of me up to that very aggressive, verbally abusive message of yelling at me. Also, I'm wondering like, what what did he hope, what was his hope of after that? Was he thinking, oh, if I yell at her and threaten her, then she's gonna be on board. Possibly. <laughs> then she's gonna fear join. Mongering and fear <laughs> and I sweep the deal by like yelling at her. <laughs> yeah yeah possibly (laughs) like why would that make it more likely that i'm going to say yeah let's meet for lunch and you can talk to me about this by by being aggressive and mean and like (laughs) it really is so silly and i you know i'm not really sure why they act that way other than um well being nice didn't work so let's see if being aggressive works um and you know they don't really the the honest answer is probably because he wants you to sign the dotted line because once you sign the dotted line you're then committed to that monthly fee that you're paying you're committed to everything once you're inside you're a little easier to control and easier to manipulate um and the fact that you hadn't signed that dotted line yet is just you're you're just one step closer right so i've seen training videos and things um and, and funnel systems that MLMs use. And honestly, it's like, hey, send them down this funnel. And if they get to the end and they join, then great. And if they don't join, then put them back at the end of the funnel and message them again in two weeks and send them back down the funnel again and see if they join. So really it's this repetitiveness. Uh, they, uh, you can tell them no, and they're just going to put you back at the beginning of the funnel. And honestly, I hate to say it because it's not really the way that I operate, but sometimes you just got to block these people. Oh yeah. And that's have to, you know, the end. Yeah. I don't personally like to block people because then they can't hear my message when they're ready to hear it. But at the same time, when people are harassing you, you know, there's no hope for that person. You just gotta block them. Especially if you don't know them. If they had, right, exactly. If they had already recruited a family member, I mean, he said his nephew was there 
And he had been doing this, he had actually signed up for this employment development group. Like to, he was obviously so far into it. And if he was the point where he was going to be, um, you know, verbally abusive towards me, like he was beyond where I could send him a message of like, do you realize you're in some kind of a scam? Like he, he was not going to hear that any more than I was going to like sit and go to lunch with him and be like, yeah, I'll join <laughs> after, after all, <laughs> you yeah, know, absolutely. But I not. mean, that's why I was interested in sharing this because any more that people can get the message out that these things are, even if they're legal, they're not ethical, they're not moral, they're not legitimate. It's not a good way to, it's not even a, an effective way to make money. I, I, I was surprised, but then I was, I was not surprised that it, when I heard, you know, from another uh, episode of your podcast, that it's more likely to strike it rich in Vegas than it is to actually make a profit in an MLM. And I mean, that just says it all, right? I mean, like that is, that's the benchmark we use is like, oh, you might as well win the lottery or strike it rich in Vegas. It's like that, that's seen as being something that is not attainable. <laughs> so if this is even less attainable than that, why is it still being held up as something that is legitimate and that is a possibility? And like, again, that little slick answer of like, oh, well, you know, four of you are part of the, you know, gym membership and then only one of you is in shape. It just depends on the kind of amount of work you do. Well, if the amount of work you do is that you get in kind of more on the earlier side of it, and then you're more willing to exploit other people and make sure they're losing money, and that's how you make money, then that's immoral as well. I mean, that's that's not a success. That's not the American success. That's not how you're supposed to pay for your nephew's kidney. That's not how you're supposed to pay for, you know, the, the surprise twins and the C-section and spinal issue of your wife. That's not how you're supposed they had these you know pictures of trips to singapore and thailand that you know the uplines again i didn't know what that meant <laughs> but they had that in the in the little office space that they took us around like that's not how you're supposed to get there you're not supposed to scam people you're not supposed to tug on the heartstrings and manipulate people and trick people who are legitimately looking for work that is legitimate work that they're going to get if they show up and do their job right yeah it 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 breaks my heart that, yeah. that people get manipulated into these, obviously, you know, I have a whole podcast dedicated to <laughs> hoping to stop that. Um, and it, it is really sad. You know, people don't understand how predatory and insidious these businesses are. I hate to call them businesses, but um, you know, these companies are, they're not good. And so I thank you for giving us your perspective of just being somebody that was recruited into one so um is there anything else that you want to say before we do some rapid fire questions um i guess it, it might be answered with the rapid fire so go for it <laughs> possibly all right yeah. so i know you weren't in so i'll sort of tweak these a little bit but sure. one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing immoral that's a great word uh, what's a warning to someone that you would give them if they would want to join an MLM? Something you tell somebody. I would say, don't worry about being polite. Don't worry about the other person's feelings. If that is a, a reason that you, or, or avoiding awkwardness or anything, if that turns out that that's the reason that you're saying, well, I don't want to make this person, I don't want to, you know, cut off this friendship or this, or I don't want to make them feel bad. If that check if that is the reason that you're not going to do something if that is it don't do it don't worry they're the ones that are invading your peace and your space you don't owe them anything and if if you can't find a better reason to do it for yourself it, if it doesn't look legitimate and the only reason that you would do it is out of fear of um not being nice not being polite not being uh compliant then that speaks for itself it's, it's not worth it for you. And, and don't worry about trying to coddle the feelings of somebody that was going to rope you into something like this. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? I think, um, well, I mean, I have the most experience with World Financial Group, but um, as far as I know, I, I really believe um, because it's the oldest and the way that it functions, I think Amway is pretty bad. And I know that Amway... Um, 
I, I'm not sure if they encourage people to quit their full-time jobs in the way that World Financial Group did, because I know that other play, other ones, like, um, I, I've known people that did Mary Kay as a side thing and Avon and whatever, and I, I don't think of those as being as predatory. Um, but part of, I know Amway is saying that it's, it's, you know, about families and it's really banking on that kind of thing. And I know World Financial Group tells you to quit your full-time job jobs are not job is a bad word you know it's a job and that kind of thing is is very damaging because people might actually do that they might lose their health insurance they might lose their salary um thinking that this is something beneficial so anyone that does that that really pushes that instead of like a side hustle um i think those those are are probably the worst because they have really really bad um uh, outcomes while you were in that meeting mm -hmm. what was something that you learned that sort of opened your eyes while you were sitting at that meeting? Oh, well, the, the, the locked doors and the no windows was pretty big. <laughs> that was something. Um, the, the, the defensiveness, the starting out about why they are legitimate and, and the defending of why they're not bad versus what the benefits are for them. So the, the putting down other things versus why it's a good thing to work for them. I've never seen a job um, advertisement, you know, in all my like applying for jobs or heard a pitch from somebody about working for a place or looked at somebody's website and have it be all the reasons why you shouldn't work somewhere else. You know, it's all been about what are the benefits of working for you. So if you're starting out with defending that you are legitimate or why working anywhere else literally or a, at a job, like working at a salaried job is bad. If they're starting out with the negatives about other things, that's, I think that was probably the biggest. And then lastly, um, I'm going to ask you a positive takeaway from your experience being targeted and sitting through that meeting that I'm better than that, that, that I, 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 I have the values that I do and I believe the things and I, I, I don't, even if, even if the, um, even if the promises of the amount of money was legit, that I, I don't want to do something like that. And that I know like doing like this, that I could, I could take those, those lessons and share to other people like this is what to look for and this is what you should not do um and i wish i could have talked to every single other person sitting in that meeting and been like what do you think about this don't you think that you could do something better than signing up for this e anything you know like what and and let's go find those employment development centers, or let's go find those people. Like, can you talk to somebody else about what, what are you in the position that you think that this might be a good thing for you to do? Let's find an alternative, you know? So, so knowing that there are alternatives and that you can reach people, um, and that we're, we're all better. We're all better than that. You know, we, nobody needs to do this. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Uh, it's so interesting to to hear it from somebody who got invited to one of these things, thinking it might be a good thing, and then kind of realized while you were sitting there that this is definitely not what you saw. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.